Welcome to the API experience. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the API Experience podcast. My name is Matt McClarty. I'm the CTO of Boomi. It's great to have you here. It's great, as always, to have Mr. Mike Amundsen. Mike, how are you doing? Hey, Matt, I'm doing great. Coming to you from uh, Studio B, ready to go. It's going to be a great, great episode. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's hot by Canadian standards here, middle of summer. Um, but as you'll hear, uh, we, we're, we have a, a guest who's actually in the, the middle of, of winter. So, um, right. But just to introduce our topic first, we are, uh, you know, something we talk about a lot in the API community is APIs as products, how to manage API products, you know, practices around launching API products, all of those things. And I think, you know, over the years, Mike, we've done a lot of that. Obviously, you've yep. co-authored a definitive book on continuous API management. Um, so we've, we've been in that space. But one one topic we haven't really explored in detail on our uh, on our podcast, at least, is the actual role of being an API product manager. As you look into um, managing APIs as products, one of the most obvious things off the bat is, hey, you need a product manager for your APIs. And I think it's fair to say that it really is a blend. Like there is a lot of the best practices and principles around API product management or just product management, but there's definitely some unique aspects as well. So it's, we're extremely pleased and privileged to have our guest on today. Emily Cannon is an API product manager at PEXA. Emily, great to have you on the show. Thank you. And thank you for having me. This is exciting. We're super excited. So, you know, I, I kind of gave a, a, the intro there on the topic, but, you know, before we go into our deep dive on life as an API product manager. We always love to learn kind of the experience. It is after all the API experience podcast. What, what has your experience, what's your background been, you know, how did you get into this world of APIs? Yeah, definitely. So I think with a lot of product managers, um, they'll probably tell you there's not necessarily a linear career path as such. And certainly for myself, that was the case. So I never studied technology or IT. Instead, I actually studied media and communications at uni. Um, but the communications background has actually been really useful in my career. Um, so first off, after uni, I worked in the B2B space, um, working on projects, launching products and services, software training, and then, of course, supporting customers with implementation of software, uh, which naturally led to working with implementation of APIs. So quite early on, I was exposed to APIs through customer implementation. Um, and then I moved into sales engineering. So again, working with customers in adopting APIs. And then eventually product ownership, so actually looking after the delivery side of APIs and eventually product management. So that early exposure to APIs was um, fantastic um, and unplanned, um, but always in that B2B space where banks and insurers and travel industry have that API focus. So I was able to kind of um, learn on the job, basically. One, one of the things that kind of comes out in, in just that you know, brief introduction there, your career path is, is, as you mentioned, didn't start with APIs. It starts with communications and customers, and that's 
products and ownership and, and all those kinds of things. I think that's that's a real key to to some of the success. And I think we're going to see more of this going forward, where really APIs deserve, uh, you know, as you wrote in, in the blog post that we referenced, really deserve uh, this product management role. Can So you're currently product manager at PEXA. What is PEXA? And where do APIs play in that space too? Yeah, definitely. So PEXA is a B2B platform um, for online property exchange. Um, we're in Australia. So that's where lawyers and conveyances and banks transact digitally to settle a property. So if you're a consumer and you've bought a house or you've sold a house, your lawyer acting on your behalf and the mortgaging bank will use the PEXA platform to transfer that ownership and the property funds as well. And we've also just recently entered the UK market, which is um very cool. Um, but yeah, so in terms of where products play a role at Pexar, um, the product strategy for APIs has really come into focus in the last couple of years in particular, because of course, we continue to listen to our customers. And when you're working in that B2B space with banks um, in particular and digitally savvy organizations, um, they, they'll tell you they want APIs. They want to be able to continuously improve and APIs are critical to that. We see that a lot, right? Like it sort of emerges this, this need for APIs. And I mean, maybe there's another, a story to be told around entering a new global market and the role APIs can play there. But just going back to um, what I was talking off, off the top, like we've, there are different paths into the API product manager role. Uh, and we've, you know, sometimes it is someone coming from the product management space, getting into it, or it's somebody at a, at a company whose primary products are APIs so that you can get you know, founders playing those types of roles. But I think it's interesting. You have a background that I've seen a fair amount in working with organizations that are, you know, who, who sort of find, find this emergent API product that comes out of it, that you were in the software space, you described your role in helping with implementation and so on. What is it like to sort of go into the product management realm? Like, what are the things that you picked up along the way that have been most useful in your role as product manager? Again, the communication um, background was really important because being able to um, obviously communicate with customers, having that confidence to do so is really critical in product management. Um, and that really ties into another core component of product management, which is the ability to undertake research um, and to be able to get quality feedback and validate mm -hmm. ideas. Um, so that is, of course, part of my toolkit as a product manager. Um, but the additional skill sets that I kind of had to acquire once I did move into the role was really around crafting product strategy. What does that mean? Um, how to do it? Um, prioritization considerations, of course, and frameworks, road mapping, um, which is always fun. Um, and I guess along the way in my career, um, data analytics, understanding usage, understanding adoption, um, measuring and monitoring that. And mm. last piece was really around that pricing and monetization. Um, so understanding um, the different models that you can work with, particularly with APIs, which is a bit um, unique compared to some other products. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> You talk about this all these all these things that product management involves, right? It's like the, the, the planning, the road mapping. There's there's technology issues. One of the things you you uh, repeated over and over again uh, in your blog post is this idea of customer centricity, right? Yes. Um, being customer centric and and making sure there's a great value exchange between the two. So this means that you you're probably interacting with lots of roles inside the organization right so there's there's marketing and there's sales and there's product and there's technology so what 
what does the product cycle or the organization, how does the organization deal with this, all these things that you've got to do just in this product cycle? I mean, that must be, it must be a bit of a challenge as well. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a cliche. So when we, of course, talk about product, we talk about it sitting centrally between, you know, tech and customer and business. Um, but it is actually the truth um, of this line of work. So I do, I work closely with stakeholders across all of those streams. Um, I work extremely closely with the tech squads who obviously deliver the API products and tech leadership as well. Um, but sales teams, I have to have a really strong rapport with um, and be comfortable work collaborating with um, as as well as marketing legal. Um, so yeah. on a day-to-day basis, I could have, you know, numerous interactions with all of those stakeholders, um, which keeps it interesting, which is great. And all of them maybe kind of speak different languages sometimes. So um, as a product manager, just um, being able to communicate across the board is important. Um, PEX's kind of product cycle, um, life cycle is um not, I guess, unique to the industry. It's discovery, design and delivery, um, which is, of course, in discovery piece, all about ideation and validation and then design, um, you know, defining what you're going to do, wireframes if you're in a UI piece or um, designing an API contract from um, an API perspective and then validating that uh, with your users again and then, of course, delivering to actually build that API and, importantly, the go-to-market piece as well, which is sometimes forgotten um, in APIs. So that is our product cycle. So just just to follow up, I mean, one of the things that uh, fascinates me about this, and as Matt has mentioned, we've talked about APIs as products and so on and so forth. Organizationally, where, where, do, you, where do you hang out? Are you mostly, are you in the tech office? Are you in the pro- uh, product marketing? Are you in, yeah. in, in yeah, where, where does that fit? So in our organization, we sit, um, so product is separate to technology, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is good Mm -hmm. because being too close can cause um, its own, I guess, biases. Um, so we are we're separate to them, um, and we um, we actually report under kind of the customer division, um, which is a, li- a little bit interesting. So I have a chief product officer who I report to. Um, uh, so we're we're constantly, I guess, have that customer focus because that is where we sit, um, even as a business unit. Um, which personally I really enjoy. Um, of course, I came from product ownership, so I've been in tech, and I enjoy that as well. But but it is different um, when you are aligned to customer. I think. Yes, it sounds like one of the members of the technology team just uh, just chimed in there in the background. But, uh, <laughs> that would be my cat. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Who we knew would make an appearance. That's awesome. Um, so I, you know, I think the organizational stuff. I'm with I'm with Mike. I think this is really an interesting space to watch because uh, every organization now, as technology comes to the forefront of their products, as everything everyone's going as digitally native as they can, it really is pushing on what we've seen is kind of the the default organizational structure in a lot of enterprises where technology has been centralized and had a lot of ownership over the, not only the, the engineering, but also the, the product management of what gets delivered. But uh, so it's really interesting to hear how you're structured as a, as an organization that's, that's got, you know, digital at yeah. the core of products. I think it's got its um, pros and cons for product management yeah. to sit under tech. Um, it, yeah, I think it, maybe you can lose that customer focus a little bit and focus a bit more on some of the tech debt or tech initiatives. Um, there's a risk of potentially. So, yeah. Yeah, you can definitely see the uh, tail wagging the cat in some of those circumstances. <laughs> I think um, uh, someone I, I talked to recently had talked about how 
the whole, there's never an organizational design that actually is perfect. And all you need to focus on with org, org structures is to try and mitigate the the problems with the org structure that you choose. But, uh, but I think what we're seeing in general, this more product organization, I think we had, we actually have spoken to the authors of team topologies. We spoke to them last year, you know, that's that sort of product stream aligned structure is definitely gaining popularity. And it sounds like you've got product uh, at the product at the center. So that's great. Yes. But another big area, you know, obviously you've talked about the customer centricity um, and, you know, but it's an area I think that we've seen get under undervalued a little bit, especially for organizations that are having products that aren't API products out of the gate is around um, just getting people using the API. I think there's so much focus in the API community on how do you design APIs? How do you build APIs? What's the life cycle around APIs? Sometimes people aren't spending as much time zeroing in on how do you get people to use the APIs? Because until until you've got the right consumers using the API, there's there's no real value generated from it. So, you know, how have you worked on determining the target audience for your APIs and how do you drive consumption? Yeah, so I think you're spot on, I guess, because APIs historically have always been considered a technology piece um, and very much a technology audience. It didn't necessarily have that same product lens applied. Um, But you're right in that the last thing that you want is to build an API that doesn't get used. Um, So it's very important to make sure the API actually has a a real customer use case um, and so that it doesn't sit untouched and so really to ensure that that happens um, or that it gets usage is that, again, the concept of customer centricity and product management practices, um, validating that what you're building is actually valuable to your customers, um, that it's wanted and needed. And to achieve this, really, it's about that quality and robust use of research. So understanding who are your customers, what are their needs, what are their drivers, what are their pain points, what are the workflows that they work in, all their systems, and what are the operational efficiencies that they want to achieve. Um, so really having that customer at the heart of every step in your API discovery, design, and delivery um, to make sure that ultimately what you deliver um, gives value to customer and they adopt it. Otherwise, there is a risk that it's just going to sit untouched. Yeah, you know, a, a, a big part of this idea of, of determining your audience and driving consumption, you mentioned in your article as well, this notion of, of of making sure there's there's an onboarding process, there's a there's a there's a launch. I mean, there's a meaningful yes. launch in, in, in something that makes sense. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what you've learned in this idea of launching products that are APIs, and you know, any tips or pitfalls or things that that other people should keep in mind when they when they take this step. Yeah, definitely. So um, I guess going beyond the validation, which let's assume you validated your API design, you definitely have customers who want to use it. But you're right, that go-to-market piece, that customer onboarding is an extremely important consideration for an API product manager or any organization who's serious about APIs. Um, And for me, uh, there's a few elements. So a developer portal is obviously um, critical Mm -hmm. for an organization that's serious about their APIs and having Mm -hmm. a developer portal that um, is user-friendly, easy to navigate, self-service capability, 
quality documentation, all of those boxes need to be ticked um, and that'll really help drive consumption. Um, but also, I guess one thing that I've learned, um, which is really helpful, is that when you have an API that's ready, um, having a customer base who are considered early adopters that you have mm. open lines of communication mm. with, um, that potentially you can release the API in beta to get even more feedback, um, that's priceless because all of us, obviously, in the software space, we go about delivering things hoping that it's 100%, you know, fit for purpose, but that doesn't always, ha- you don't always get it right 100% of the time. So having a customer who can trial it um, and give you that feedback um, is gold, I feel, um, and something that certainly I've learned along the way as well. You know, that, that reminds me, I think one of the advantages of product management when you're in a virtual space like APIs is you do have more freedom and more opportunity and less risk if you do those kinds of beta experiences, right? It's not like you're investing in packaging and manufacturing and distribution in a, in a physical sense. You can you know, make some tests and make some tweaks and do some things along the way at a much, much lower uh, cost, I think, than a physical product. Is, it, is, is that right, really, the way I think about yeah, it? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, there's, Like you said, in manufacturing, there's obviously a lot more considerations around that physical product and what is involved in getting that out. Um, but yeah, with APIs, you can do things a little more discreetly um, and be able to get feedback um, quicker from your customer as well, provided they're ready to consume it, which is why it's important mm-hmm. that you develop a strong rapport with your customer base and identify who those early adopters are and um, who would be willing to have that um, line of communication with you. Yeah, I think something that follows from that. So you have the, let's say you have the consumers. Um, I think that we always look at APIs first and probably rightly as this delivery mechanism. We're gonna, this is gonna be a channel for our products we're pushing product out through this channel. But to that point, like it's also a data collection mechanism, right? In a really interesting way as you get embedded within your customers, their products or, or their experiences. So you know, how have you, have you had good success in sort of using it as a bi-directional form of communication? Like, do you, like how do you get inputs from the customers through, is it, are you getting it directly from the API behavior or do you, do you have facilities in the portal? Like how do you, how does that communication with the consumers work and, and how important is that? Yeah. So there's, there's a few ways. So you're right with APIs, obviously you can track usage and um, adoption, um, which gives a lot of insights around the customer behavior um, to understand potentially the way that they're using it and inform further enhancements or your roadmap strategy. Um, so that's a really good point. Um, on the other side of it, I guess for me, working in an organization where um, I am able to have a really close relationship with our sales and relationship teams, um, they've been really embracing of bringing us product managers out to speak with customers directly. So we're able to get that live customer feedback through interviews or workshops really we're never too far removed from our API customers. Um, So we're able to hear it from them um, themselves directly about what's good, what's bad, what we can do more of. 
Um, so really important, I think, to encourage the open um, communication with customers in the API space um, so the customers also feel freely that they can reach out to us even if they want to send us an email and just tell us, you know, we'd love to see this or we'd love to see that or this is missing. Um, personally, I feel that the more time that as a product manager you spend with customers and the more of a rapport that you develop with them, the more honest and pointed their feedback will be. Um, so then ultimately you can craft your strategy to respond directly to their needs. Um, there's no ambiguity there. Um, you're, you, you, there's an, a very honest communication between customer and product. You're listening to the API Experience. That's a really good point. That last point too is you have to kind of build up a trust relationship, don't you? I mean, people the very first time they'll say, "Yeah, it's fine," but you need to kind of dig a little bit and give them a chance, and that and that really kind of deepens that that relationship early on. I think one of the other things that we've been seeing, and Matt and I have talked about this before, is this idea of thinking of um, the user experience, but for the developer, DX or developer experience, as a, as a kind of a a way to pay attention to what developers are doing, what their day is like, what they're trying to solve. And, and I'm wondering if, they're, if, if this DX idea is part of the way you, you deal with product management and if there are any things you've incorporated into that, of, of that idea into what you do, such as um, you know, design points or you know, just kind of like figuring out what the, what the developer experience really is. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. For me, absolutely. When we talk about the developer experience, it really comes down to, um, first and foremost, um, developers shouldn't have to ask questions to use your APIs. Um, and they shouldn't have to spend too much time understanding it. Um, they shouldn't have to overly think about how to construct a payload to get um, a 200 or successful response. So um, first and foremost, for me, it really is about quality documentation. That is a very important principle for a good developer experience. Um, and samples, um, samples or code snippets extremely important and go a long way um, in giving our developers a, a really quality experience when using APIs. Um, developer portal usability, I touched on it earlier, again, a very important concept and another key element in the developer experience. So making sure that your portal is easy to navigate, that there's an element of self-service capability. They don't need to stop and ask you questions every minute. Um, but another, so I guess, of course, API design principles, um, when you're designing, you're making sure the language is consistent. So if, if you have 10 APIs um, and they're recurring um, pieces of information, you should be using consistent language so you, the developers don't get confused. Um, but lastly, I think a piece in the developer experience, which is, again, sometimes overlooked, is really around um, giving them robust support um, so that if they do have a query, they feel comfortable that they can reach out. It's a trusted source. They're going to get a quick response. Um, and th then you're not MIA when they start using the API. So definitely having um, support in place, um, SLAs potentially around support measures in response times is also um, an important piece for a good um, developer experience. Yeah. So again, to kind of dig a little deeper in that, so you're really uh, saying that you you have these tracking items, you have these goals, you have these K uh, KPIs or whatever you want to call them, that you're really watching to see how that experience works. Is, is that is that is that what I'm getting? 
Yeah, exactly. That That's exactly right. I think having your ear close to the ground is extremely important. Um, you, like I said, can't put an API out there, step back and expect um, adoption. You need to be um, tracking, listening, understanding developer um, behaviours and experience every step of the way and constantly improving on that. Um, obviously, you want to be delivering a quality API products. <laughs> Um, but you also um, need to be thinking about is your developer portal doing the job that it should be doing? Is there enough information there? Um, is the documentation doing enough to support the developers? And if you are getting support questions around particular APIs um, and there are common threads there, how can you improve your documentation or your dev portal um, to alleviate some of those questions? No, that's that's great. I think that the you know, we've seen sort of some of the API product pioneer companies put a really big focus on developer experience. And it's, uh, you know, what you're describing really bears out some of their principles and, uh, and absolutely lowering the friction for developers is, uh, is something that, you know, probably, you know, you, you don't know how many customers you might lose if it, if they don't have that strong experience. But one thing that I, that I'm really interested in keeping an eye on as the, API economy continues to grow is just that although developers are fundamental and probably the first line of usage of an API product, they're not the only, they're not the only persona in the consumer on the consumer side, right? Like I think that you've got terms and conditions, which would be important for legal teams. You've got the pricing structure, which is going to be important for the business owners on the consumer side. There's lots of different roles that are that are there, you know, and I and I think it's great that you've called out those needs. So, in addition to developer experience, you know, how are you managing the needs of those other personas, and and maybe even how do you find those people if the if the only interaction out of the gate is with developers? Yeah, so I think um, you're exactly right. The developer experience is um, a large focus when you talk about APIs across the board in most software um, organizations, but there are other API consumers that you really need to be conscious of, um, business product managers, general managers, operations managers, process managers, um, who are actually often the decision makers around whether or not to use your API. Um, and so for these groups, APIs are sometimes ingredients to achieve efficiencies, to streamline workflows, or to add value to their product. Um, so it is important to consider their needs as well. Um, and to be honest, I, I think their needs aren't too different from the developers, given they're working from uh, in the same organization, you would hope that they have some alignment. Um, but how the the way in which you communicate them is where it differs. Um, for a business person, when you're talking about APIs, you really want to be focusing on um, you know, the, the business case around it. What are the benefits that they're going to receive from using that API to help assist in their decision-making? Potentially, you need different sales collateral for the, um, that audience as well to help sell your API. Uh, whereas developers, you know, of course, that developer portal um, is that critical point, um, entry point, and your documentation is critical for them. So different audiences do require different communication pieces or collateral. Um, and if you want your API to be successful, particularly if you're in the B2B space, you need to be thinking about how you can communicate with each of those personas. It's really, it's a kind of a inside sales kind of experience, right? You you need to have communication with, at several levels in order to be successful. Like that, that may be, you know, I was talking earlier about how an advantage of the virtual 
product is that you you can change things without heavy investment. But then one of the big challenges of a virtual product is, as you point out in that article as well, there are multiple audiences and the way, you know, the way, just the way you're talking about it now, thinking about each persona, the collateral, the kinds of messaging and all those things really kind of, kind of make that challenging. I, I, I wonder, is that something that you, you sort of, you just sort of knew out of the gate or did, is, was there anything that really kind of tipped you off to this notion that you have multiple, uh, sort of multiple fronts, multiple uh, targets when you're working on this, this project? So I think um, pretty early on, it became apparent in our discussions with customers that the the people at the table, the seats at the table were really filled with um, the, the business side. Um, they're that first fr front line before you, sometimes you can even reach out to a developer. Um, obviously, when you're talking about developers, generally it's it's more organic. Perhaps they've done a search on Google or perhaps they understand your organization's uh, place in their business and um, they're trying to look for initiatives from a technology perspective. Um, but for us, what we see a lot more of is it starts with the business. It starts with our salespeople having relationships um, with the business side um, and that's the entry point so when you're at the seat of the table you absolutely do need to be able to communicate the API value from a business perspective um, or that's going to be the end of potentially that sales journey there um, yeah something to certainly think about I think in the b2b space in particular I, I want to go back to something that you said at the outset a little bit there in the, in the when you're introducing pexa about the the going into a new geographical market because I'm I, that just intrigued me right away to see you know because I I would imagine that you've got this mature business in Australia um, you've kind of grown the, the digital products and APIs have become a part of that as you enter the new market like is there a is the sequencing different is are APIs playing a prominent role right out of the gate. Yeah, exactly. So I think when PEXA started in Australia, maybe a decade ago or so, um, APIs weren't the, I guess, the going in product. It was definitely a UI solution. But as we kind of spoke with customers, it became apparent, you know, customers have their own internal systems. They want to reduce data entry, um, double data entry, that is. So um, APIs became a concept that had to be considered. Um, whereas going into a new market a decade later, um, it's it's not an afterthought. It very much is kind of that API first thinking. Um, and going into a new market, you want to understand the ecosystem that you're going into, what are the dominant software um, providers that exist in that space that your B2B customers work from. Um, and when you're doing that customer research, um, customers very willing to share that upfront that um, you need to be thinking about um, integrating with their software in order to get um, your adoption, your chance of your product being adopted in that market. Um, yeah, so it's it's a very different, I guess, landscape to a decade ago where um, B2B customers, um, their going in position now is um, really around APIs. Yeah, so again, there's almost another stakeholder, right? It's the whatever software your customers are using as well. They, exactly. you, you want to be able to interoperate with them fairly well. So part of your market research isn't just customer needs and developer needs. It's also what's already in the market and what are the integration needs, right? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. So as a product manager, you want to understand who is your end customer. You want to understand the developers, um, but you also want to understand the software providers that exist in that ecosystem or in your space. Mm. You want to develop relationships with them um, because that's going to be the best way to target as many users as possible, end users as possible. So this, this, this reminds me of something that you said early on. And you talk about this in the article as well, this emphasis on, I think you call it mutual value, shared exchange as an as, as kind of a key for API products, and as well as um, reminding readers of outside-in thinking, the same thing, this customer-centric kind of let that sort of you know, drive your drive your experience. So how do you, how do you get these working? How do you get the community that you're dealing with, whether it's your tech side or your product side, to think, you know, customers, not tech? And, and how, how do you get that mutual value exchange as, as, as part, of, part of the story, part of the, the fabric of your product? Yeah, so I think um, you've pointed out probably um, one of the challenges really is um, getting sometimes getting technology to think about the customer. Mm. Um, so they can, again, APIs, a technology um, piece, so automatically just start thinking about it from a tech perspective. Um, but really outside in is putting customer centricity at the core of that um, and really working it through with your squads, working it through with your tech leadership as well to constantly, as a product manager, constantly emphasize the real customers at the heart of it um, so that sometimes um, we can kind of diverge from that and think about you know cool new technology things that we should be doing um, to in support of like a broader API strategy um, but really for me my role is to constantly re-emphasize hey let's bring it back to the customer here um, what, what's going to actually um, give them value and the mutual value piece um, is really for me about ensuring that the the API strategy and the product strategy is in alignment with the organization goals um, and strategic direction. Um, and that's not even for APIs, that's product management in general. Mm -hmm. um, the key, I guess, a key role of a product manager is to be really attuned with your organization's and company goals, um, the organization strategy, and to make sure that the product strategy that you craft is in direct alignment in fulfilling these goals. Um, I guess the last thing that you want to do is after a year um, of looking back on, you know, what as a PM did you achieve, um, being completely separate to the organization goals or strategy and having fulfilled none of those. So. <laughs> Ouch. It's a great point. And it's a really interesting thing to examine as to what, I, I think it almost comes down to a definition of design, like the difference between the way mm -hmm. engineers quote unquote design, right? Not to, not to, kick sand at the engineers, but it's just a different mindset. And I think yeah. everything starts with that shared mindset. So you have to almost get people kind of looking at the world the same way, having that outside in view, yeah. like you and said, having that big picture context. I think what I found is that once you do get your tech or your squads on that journey to start thinking about the customer, it's actually very mm -hmm. exciting for them because um, for some of my developers who I've worked with in the past, they hadn't themselves had any customer exposure. And to actually hear, I try to as much as possible get them in on some of these customer sessions as well. And to hear mm -hmm. directly from a customer gives additional meaning meaning to their work um, and eventually they can be speaking that customer language as well. Um, so mm -hmm. it's it's hopefully um, a fun endeavor for everyone eventually to start thinking um, from a customer-centric perspective. It goes back to what you brought up about your background, communication. 
maybe communication is the key, right? Because it's if everyone has a a different picture of the world in their head, the only way to get people on the same page is through communication. Thank you so much, Emily. Uh, I mean, there's lots there's lots more we could could probe on. Uh, it's it's but this has been extremely insightful. Um, really appreciate you joining us today. No, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about APIs. <laughs> um, so, yeah. love, love hearing it. Yeah. yeah, definitely, and 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 a little uh, a, a, a brief thank you for Louis for sharing uh, Louis's insights as well. <laughs> I'll let him know you said thanks. <laughs> okay. There you go. Anyway, but 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 thanks again. Really appreciate this very important topic. Uh, we you know in terms of communication again, love that you wrote this blog. So we'll definitely share a link out uh, in the show notes so that everyone can read it because you go into some really excellent depth and articulate. A lot of the points you brought up here, but there's lots more goodness in there. So for anyone who's listening and wants to learn more about what you're working on or wants to connect and maybe share their experiences or gain more insights, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Just reach out through LinkedIn. I love um, hearing feedback. I've had people reach out and comment on my blog posts in the past or um, when I spoke at API days, um, people reach out as well around that. Um, so mm-hmm. always love hearing feedback. And I personally love the thought leadership in the API space as well. So I love what you guys are doing um, and love seeing your post on LinkedIn as well. So feel free to connect on LinkedIn, anyone who is interested. And and maybe if, 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 we're, if I'm lucky, I'll get a chance to uh, make it down to your your space uh, for API days next time. And maybe we could uh, learn more. Yes, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Fantastic. So, so thanks again. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Mike. Bet. Thank you, listeners, for uh, joining us for this API experience. And we look forward to bringing you the next one. Bye for now. Thank you.